0: You're listening to episode number 19 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. I conducted an interview a while ago that I ended up posting on uh, episode number 13. And it was with a woman named Kelly Fideo. And if you listen to that interview, hopefully you got as much value out of it as I did having the conversation with her and conducting the interview. She's an amazing person. And uh, I ended up meeting Kelly through a mastermind that I'm part of. And I did, I think I did mention that in that episode. And as part of establishing that relationship, as a side effect of establishing that relationship with Kelly, I I was kind of referred to and connected with a, another uh, successful entrepreneur, and his name is Leron Hirschkorn. And I had the chance to sit down with him, actually, and interview him. And he is an awesome, awesome guy. So he, he does a lot in the physical products brand community and industry. And not only does he run three successful FBA based niches like he runs brands in three f in three niches and he runs everything through amazon fba Uh, but he also runs uh, one of those brands off of amazon and he does that in addition to amazon so uh, essentially he takes one of his brands took one of his brands that was doing really well on amazon and he also kind of split uh, his his traffic and his sales fulfillment channel uh, distribution if you will to having a network off of Amazon and a network on Amazon. That's pretty cool. And I love hearing that cuz it's it's just it's it shows an evolutionary leap, you know, a um a growth that a lot of people don't end up getting to. So it's it was really interesting. And LeRon uh, I, I got so much value out of talking to him. I also learned that he goes to China and deals with his suppliers directly, which is something that not a lot of people do. Uh, he has launched um, and kind of like co-runs a private labeling course and he does retreats and he likes teaching and coaching and really helping people um, uh, like just get to a point where they're doing sales at a level that lets them do whatever they want. So he's he's focused entirely on physical products. I don't think he does anything digital, um, but he's just a really cool guy. He's a lot of fun to talk to. He's got a lot of things to say, and everything that comes out of his mouth is just, just pure value. So uh, this was a longer interview, but it was, it was a great interview. And uh, so if you want to hear a really cool success story from someone who's doing well into the seven-figure range annually, And has a couple kids at home and is balancing the family dynamic and work dynamic and explain how that whole thing works. And also how he integrates his children and his children's thoughts and opinions and concepts and creativity into his own brands, which he then turns around and makes money off of and and how he shares it with them and teaches them entrepreneurship and the power of it and what the power of a little bit of effort and some creativity Um, can have. So uh, enjoy this interview with none other than Leron Hirschkorn. Leron, listen, before we get into business stuff and training stuff and all the other really cool things that you've got going on, Why don't you take a couple of minutes right now and just tell us uh, who you are and what Uh has you excited right now?
1: Sure. So uh, Leron Hirschkorn, I uh, I live in New York and um, what has me excited right now? Well, I I guess I can talk about what has me excited in general, um, in in general, and and I'll talk more specifically. So in general, what has me excited is uh, the fact that uh, every day when I wake up, I control my own uh, day. And, uh, you know, I used to work in the corporate world and, you know, had to be at work at a certain time and, uh, things had to be done a certain way. And, you know, sometimes out of frustration, uh, it lead, leads you to, to creating a business. Um, and that actually, that's how I went into business myself. I, I started out in the financial services, uh, field. That's my background. And when my insurance agency, mass mutual didn't allow me to blog or, or do any marketing, And I went out on my own and built out a couple websites and um, and built that uh, an insurance business, which eventually sold. So I'm excited to wake up every day and uh, control my own my own day Uh, and um, specifically excited um, about recently launching one of my brands um, off of uh, Amazon. And um, you know, sort of seeing what uh, where that uh, where that goes for the second half of the year, and in the next couple of years, as I continue to to build out a brand that's sort of bigger than just uh, you know uh, uh, Amazon.
0: That's awesome. Okay, so this brand, just out of curiosity, before we go further, this this brand, this is one of multiple brands that you run that you are taking off of Amazon and pushing to another e-commerce platform
1: yes uh, so I have I have about three different niches that I focus on um, on Amazon and then one of those I've uh, now set up on a shopify site uh, it's been in the works I would say since the summer um, actually went out to, to uh, Venice to do a, a Venice California to do a photo shoot for those products um, with a couple of models it's in the uh, fashion accessory niche. So uh, I have a brand consultant who was helping me with that and we both went out to California a couple months ago, which was really fun to go to a photo shoot for that now we have the website up um, And so that one is a brand that I'm looking to really take off of Amazon and potentially Into into some retail stores maybe in the next year or so so awesome, okay
0: um, Okay, so you have those three brands, right? I am curious, though, and I know the listeners are going to be curious. Um, aside from that, or or maybe this is maybe this is it. What is currently bringing in uh, revenue for you right now? Like, what what are you actually doing to pay the bills? You said you used to work a corporate job. You no longer yep. work a corporate job. Uh, what right. all What all are you using to pay your bills right now? What is bringing the cash
1: in? Sure. So my main source of income is uh, is selling products uh, on Amazon. Uh, the brand that I built off of Amazon is just new off of Amazon, so that's really not generating um, anything quite yet. Um, so, really selling private label products on Amazon again, mostly in these three niches. Uh, and I say mostly because I do have you know some other products that I've just seen like an amazing opportunity and have sort of launched sort of as uh, just one-off types of products. Let's you know in a, in a niche, but um, more specifically, three different niches that I'm focusing on. Um, on Amazon, um, in the last year I did seven figures, uh, on Amazon. So that's really paying the bills. Um, alongside of that, uh, last year I also partnered, uh, with somebody with, with Andy Slammons on, uh, his private label course and sort of consulting other Amazon sellers, um, through lo- you know, some small live events and training. And so that has become a second source of, uh, of income for me, but, um, uh, and a good source of income, but my sort of day to day focus is on running my own running my own uh amazon and uh, physical products business and that's really what's bringing in bringing money in oh that's awesome
0: okay um so twenty seven uh twenty sixteen last year you said you you had over seven figures in sales correct yes okay so uh how much of that was profit so
1: um Percentage-wise, I percent. So percentage-wise, you know, I would say that um, maybe between twenty and twenty-five percent is probably a profit margin. Um, that I think, after you know PPC spending, etc., I would consider. You know, um, I would consider profit. Okay, great. So,
0: and then of that twenty to twenty-five percent, how much of that would you say you? Reinvested back in into either one of those three brands or some other entrepreneurial
1: endeavor. Um, I would say, I mean, everything other than my living expenses for the most part gets reinvested back into the into the business. Living expenses and some savings, but really the majority gets reinvested into into the the business. Um, So you know, growing out one of my niches. Um, one of my niches is uh, is a clothing uh, a clothing brand, and up until now, I've only been selling products for adults. Um, next month, I have uh, actually like this week, a container will ship from China, a uh, forty foot container that is going to be launching for launching a kids line of of similar product, similar sort of clothing items. So. That is a that's probably about a forty thousand dollar investment. Um, that takes you know two three months before you even get your first sale on Amazon because of the time it takes to um, you know you place the order, they make the product, ship the product uh, by boat, get the product here. Then I need to have a photographer take uh, images you know of the of the products on on kid models um, and launch the product. So definitely cash flow you know reinvesting. I think is really important especially you know if you if you have a job and you're doing this uh, sort of a side hustle it could be amazon or it could be any other business and you have a job it's a great opportunity to reinvest and reinvest you know to grow faster uh, which is which is what i did when i um you know when i first started amazon i had my insurance business um and eventually and, and did amazon on the side eventually i outsourced all my insurance leads to another agent and split the commissions with him, and i was able to worked my Amazon business really full time, yet I still had money coming in from my insurance business. So, um, I think reinvesting, reinvesting money is super important, especially early on in, a in, in any business. Uh, the longer you could do that for the, the better. Yeah. I, I love that model. That's awesome. Reinvest, 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 try to grow,
0: try to scale. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you mentioned that one of these lines <clears throat> is a women's fashion, um, I guess a fashion line, a clothing line. Yeah, but you have three niches. So what are the other two niches?
1: Yes. Well, okay. So one is a, so one is a clothing. Uh, The other one is sort of related, but I would consider a different niche. So the other one is a fashion accessories uh, in a different area. And then the other line is in a, I would say kind of like home and kitchen slash bar kind of related products. So totally different. Um, I didn't, you know, this is sort of becoming another niche because I launched a product, you know, new product in this niche. Um, actually, I launched uh, this product uh, this right around Christmas time. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get it into Amazon uh, during Q4. It was the it was a brand new product, and the product really took off and has done really well. It's actually my first product that I filed a design patent on because I took an existing product and made uh, made changes to it. Um, d- design changes to it, and so I filed a patent on that product. But um, oh, it started to do. Thank you. Um, it started to do really well, and so now I'm developing a second product in that in that niche. Um, and what I did also is um, I actually wholesaled that first product that I have. I wholesaled it to another seller, so that profit is actually funding my my second product within that niche okay well yeah so basically uh, yeah so basically I have other seller friends Um, the profit margin on this particular product is is quite um, big so there's room for me so and my and actually the friend that I did this business with knows exactly how much I'm making on it because I have that kind of transparent relationship with that Um, but essentially this is a product that um, my cost my landed cost between customs and shipping is about $20 a unit and I sell it for $90 Um, It's an oversized product. So my net on that 90 from Amazon is 65 before my cost. And so I'm making about 40, 45 bucks a unit. And so I wholesaled it to another seller for uh, $35 a unit. And so he's pretty happy to still, you know, to still make uh, 30 bucks a unit. So um, so it works out for him. Um, he's not doing anything to rank the product, to do anything. He's just essentially buying almost like, like wholesale, right, from a brand. And we're going to share the buy box um, on that when, when the second order comes in. But he already paid me for that. So um, that's sort of funding a reorder and uh, developing a second product within um, within that niche, which is also a product that I'm making changes to. So it, it takes a little bit of time.
0: Ah, oh, it's really cool. I have never talked to anybody who actually was on your end of the wholesaling with a private label product. I've only spoken to people who are actually taking someone else's product and you know being the the reseller. So that's really cool, right?
1: And it's a good strategy because you know cash flow is uh, you know cash flow is is uh, a challenge to a lot of private label sellers. One of the things that helped me is Amazon did offer me a loan that I've that I've taken, and you know on my on my way paying it down, but, um, it helped me out when I needed, uh, when I needed to, you know, sort of ramp up what I was doing in private label. And so this is just one sort of creative way that if you have a product like that, that's a good seller and you can show it to somebody that you trust is not going to just copy the product. Um, but at the same time, it's sort of like an investment opportunity for them. It's an, it's a, a as close, uh, to a guarantee. As you can, without you know being able to guarantee it, but based on the based on the track record of the product, you can say, hey, this is what you're going to make. You're not going to need to do any sponsored ads or whatever. This is this is what you're going to sell. Um, and so it's a uh, it's a it's a good strategy to just uh, you know get get cash flow.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, wow. Okay. So. I know the listeners are curious, and I'm curious. Um, You've got this women's fashion niche, a kind of a fashion accessories niche, and then Mm -hmm. this what you're calling a home-kitchen kind of bar-related niche. Right. Um, I think people often struggle with uh, at least, you know, maybe not the most, but one of the biggest struggles for people that are just getting into private labeling and reselling products and trying to do this thing. To supplement their income or potentially transition full time, the biggest thing that I find people struggle with is product selection.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, was wait, I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> you, yeah.
0: So these are very, yeah. um, I'll say, uncommon. At least I'm, I'm considering them uncommon. Out of all the private label sellers I've spoken to, maybe not the home kitchen thing, but fashion and, and that kind of stuff. How did you? How did you come across those niches? And yeah. So get them all started were they all separate uh just tell us that that, that story
1: yeah so uh, it's sort of interesting because there are some products like that i've that i've found uh, using the sort of traditional ways people look for, for products on amazon whether it's using like jungle scout uh, you know web app or something to filter ranks and categories etc and then there's other products i found in very untraditional uh, untraditional ways so for example the product in the bar category um, I actually found by uh, looking through uh, amazon bestsellers in categories and then going to subcategories so going to home and kitchen and then going to like two three levels down into various subcategories looking at bestsellers and kind of doing the research um, but the the both uh, other niches I actually, uh, one discovered on my own uh, in a different way, and another one in another way. So, um, so when I started on Amazon, I started out with doing arbitrage, and uh, that's kind of how that's how I got started, and didn't know anything about this whole private label thing. And so I would go out to uh, places like you know Marshalls and buy brand name shoes and and you know Nike and branding products. And uh, send them into Amazon. And so it's a lot of work when you're packing and prepping and need to label and do all this stuff on products, Um, especially Marshall's because (laughs) uh, Marshall's actually writes the price of the shoe on the bottom of the shoe. So you actually have to, like, use a rubbing alcohol to rub off the, <laughs> the, pri- the price <laughs> before you send it to Amazon. So, um, so actually, so my neighbors at the time no longer are, were four college students. And one day I knocked on their door and I asked them, like, do you want some extra work? You're interested. And they said, yeah. So in my basement, I would literally have four, uh, four college kids basically, you know, prepping and rubbing off with an alcohol and labeling, you know, and putting a polybag <laughs> if, if it needed and putting a label and kind of like, like this kind of factory of prepping products. And so they were going to St. John's University, which is, I, I live in Queens, New York, which is about uh, a mile from me. And so one day they said to me, you know, this product, uh, which is in the women's fashion, this me, you know, this thing, like a lot of kids in our dorm are, are you know, buying this product. And I'm like, oh really? And so the next day I did research on this. I'm like, wow, you know, this is a good opportunity. And so that's that's how I came across one product. Um another product that I came across, I just bought for myself on Amazon. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And then I did the research on that product and and found, you know, found that opportunity. So I think there's opportunity all around us. You know, I find myself when I'm walking down the aisles of Costco on the weekend with my wife. You know, she's looking for which products we need. I'm looking for which cool products there are that, you know, (laughs) wow, that's a cool idea. Like, and then I pull up my phone, you know, and I look it up on Amazon. I look up like bestseller rank and, you know, look up some things and I'm like, wow, that's, you know, that's potentially an idea. And so there's kind of like ideas all around us. Um, my wife sometimes sends me these videos that you see like people like hacking and making their own products from like business insider or tasty or all these different areas where, uh, you know, you can sort of get ideas. Um, Pinterest is another place that I get product ideas. So, um, you know, if you kind of go where everybody else is going and doing looking for what everyone else is looking, you're going to get into very saturated areas. Uh, so it's, a, it's good to, to you know, um, it's good to look at other areas, even if you are using tools like Jungle Scout, for example. Um, you know, look for oversized products, for example. Um, that's something people usually filter out, you know, when they're doing their searches for for products because of the weight, or they're intimidated by doing a boat shipment, or or the fee, you know, the, the Amazon fees on it, or, or whatever. So I think just in terms of the product selection process, you you want to be creative, and you want to you want to think about areas that other people are not necessarily going into per se, um, where you know there may be more opportunity than than you think. Um, At the same time. I've gone into some of those other areas and I've, and I've had products that have, that have failed in those areas. So, um, you know, I had, um, I had some baby moccasins, um, and they just didn't do well. Um, and the reason they didn't do well is just the pricing and, you know, sort of learned a lesson there, but the pricing on those products, there's some very, very cheap, you know, six, $7 products on Amazon in that category. And so, um, what I thought was, you know, I could sell at a higher price because better quality just didn't work out. So, You know, I think uh, you know you want to go into other areas. You also want to recognize that if you're going to be very successful with private labeling products, it's all it also is going to mean that you're going to have some product failures. Um, And if you haven't had a product failure, you probably haven't. You you're playing it too safe. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I agree with that. (laughs) Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's um, that's interesting. Okay. Uh, especially the stuff about buying uh, these products at Marshalls and you know trying to employ these college kids a little bit and give them some extra spending cash, and getting the idea from that. That's that's really cool. I never heard anything like that from other successful sellers. So that's <laughs> that's interesting. Um, so out of all that, what was the hardest part about getting like these brands up and off the ground? You know, and you know you can
1: get detailed with this. Like, what were the biggest struggles? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so stru- I mean, struggles. One, it just it takes time, you know. The the private labeling process is the is, you know, if you do compare it. So there is still a whole community of sellers that are that are selling on Amazon that are that are doing this arbitrage, right? Which means you can go to a or or doing wholesale, right, or buying liquidation, right. You're essentially buying wholesale from a brand. Let's say you're going to get your product within a week. You send it to Amazon. You can sell it, and there isn't that. Necessarily, cash flow issue per se or whatever. So, um, let, you know, talking about private label and hurdles. So, I think probably every successful private label seller um, has had quality issues. Um, so, I think that's one that's one issue that you'll probably come across. So, um, I mean, in terms of getting started, it's it is like you said, knowing knowing you know where to pull the trigger. What I did when I started is I actually launched a few products at the same time, um, and. For me, that you know, I, I at least saw that you know one of them was was successful, and I saw that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I also saw that not every product you do is gonna be is gonna be successful. Amazon is great places. There's traffic, but it's not like a magic bullet to just launching anything and and doing well. Um, so I mean, as far as as far as you know, challenges starting out, um, you know, I, I think. Um, Cash flow, especially if early on, if you have a successful product, um, so you get your product into Amazon, start selling well. You want to buy more, and you haven't sold through your initial your initial batch. But if you don't order now, you're gonna run out of stock. Um, so you haven't recovered all the profits, but you want to reinvest. So um, you know I think cash flow is an issue. Picking the right product, you know, quality control, you know, not making the, mis- the, the mistakes probably newer or you make if you don't like get an inspection on your product. Um, so I did, so early on, you know, I didn't do that and, you know, I had some quality issues, not getting a product uh, inspected, um, and having quality issues. Um, I mean, even now, um, and even after getting inspection, I've had products that have had quality issues after arriving in the U S. So, um, I think that. the, Challenges and then just the challenges in terms of like, okay, you have a product on Amazon. Well, now what? You know, you're not a known brand, people aren't specifically looking for your product. So, how do you actually get traction to it? So, you know, you need to learn all these skills like you need to learn how to do sponsored ads properly on Amazon so you can get traffic to your listing. Um, You need to learn, you know, when I started uh, selling private labels, it was easy to get reviews, for example, because you can give away products in exchange for a discount on various. You know, uh, websites, and it was easy to get reviews. Now you can't do that anymore. So, getting reviews is a challenge. Getting traffic, um, ranking—these th- are all areas that you know, unless you unless you've learned from somebody else or um, sort of acquired these skills on how to do it properly—are um, going to be are going to be challenging. Uh, you can't expect to just put a product on Amazon, um, for the most part, unless you're in a very non-competitive area that's, that's growing. But for the most part, you can't expect just put a product on Amazon and like wait for the sales to come in. And that's something that I think, you know, it, it's good to know upfront and it's also good to acquire the skills to allow you to know what to do. Like, how does the Amazon A9 search algorithm, how does it work? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, You know, knowing that you need to get daily sales and and velocity and conversions and, um, you know, all all these things and understanding that uh, allows you to know kind of what to do to to work on getting your products ranked and visible and, you know, um, and working on how to optimize the listing and keyword research. And so all these things are very, very important. And there's a lot of different areas that you need to sort of learn how to master or get good at or outsource to somebody who's really good at it uh and those are all those are all uh challenges you know i think people some people think private label they're going to put a product on amazon just wait for the sales to come in but it's uh you know it's not the case Uh, there's a lot more to
0: it would you do you consider amazon still a a good opportunity for people Mm -hmm. trying to just get out of their their current position at whatever job they're working at and try to do something.
1: On yeah, definitely. Um, I do consider it a good opportunity because we both know that there's going to be new private label products launched over the next year that are going to be super successful, right? I think I think we can both agree that that's the case, right? That some people are, are going to do it very well. So that means that there's still opportunity. The you know I I think it's not as easy. Um, because there is more competition, there's more sellers. Um, so I think you need to, you can't just go get a me too type product, right? Similar to just what you see on Amazon exactly, you know, and get a manufacturer to slap a logo on there and just like expect to do well. So I think you need to be more creative, you know, in terms of how you, uh, maybe if you make, you know, what's what's your differentiate. Point going to be? Are you going to improve on things like packaging? Are you going to improve on the product at all? Are you going to bundle it with something else? Um, how are you going to, are you going to make your product photography and listing, you know, su- superior to, you know, a good part of your competitors? Um, are you going to drive outside traffic from Amazon, you know, to the product? Um, you know, are you good at sponsored ads to drive traffic? It's going to be profitable, but I think you need to be more creative really in terms of like, like you said, with the product selection, um, you know, using, you know, looking at, looking at trends, uh, finding areas there are for short sure areas to, to exploit, uh, on Amazon for, in terms of product opportunities, it's a matter of, finding those areas and then, you know, launching a quality product and and doing it um successfully. And um, you know, so for example, some areas that, you know, you can look at are products that are higher priced, right? Because most new sellers look for products that might cost them less than ten dollars to source. Well, if you are willing to take the risk, there's probably a lot less competition in products that take you anywhere between ten and thirty dollars to source, right? Because you're gonna sell those products for you know, or let's say 20 to $30 to source, right? Because you're gonna sell those products for, you know, 50 to $100, let's say, and there's less competition in private label products in, in that area. So I think there's definitely, a, definitely still an opportunity on Amazon. I think there will continue to be opportunity, but you need to be more creative than maybe, you know, three or four years ago where certain niches just didn't, ha- you know, had more demand than, you know, than supply.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, so earlier you mentioned that you offloaded a lot of your clients back when you were working.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: You offload a lot of your clients to a coworker or a colleague. Uh, do you still, are you still involved in that at all? Do you still work,
1: um, no. else other than your. No. Um, so basically I had, uh, I had, uh, I was an independent, uh, life insurance agent and I specialized in high risk life insurance. So really. Um, even though I did all types of life insurance, I really specialized in helping people that had, uh, a specific issue from people who were, you know, um, using marijuana recreationally or for medical reasons to people with MS or past heart attack or breast cancer or people that that wasn't going to be so easy to just get, uh, life insurance by just going online and getting a quote. And so that, that was my, my area of focus. And, um, I initially outsourced that, but then I realized that I wasn't, uh, I, I realized Amazon was doing well. And I also wasn't continuing to invest in content and advertising for my website. And, um, and so, um, I sold, I sold uh, my two websites to, to, um, another agent that, you know, we were splitting those leads for. So, um, ended up, ended up uh, working out for me because I was able to, you know, monetize and, um, get money to continue to build my Amazon business, and um, I was at a point where I could sell, you know, the the insurance business, um, and you know, and be okay. And I actually I still had commissions coming in um, from that business for the next uh, about six to twelve months because of uh, existing uh, existing policies.
0: Cool gig you got there, you had there?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good. Uh, I mean, it's a good it's a good business. Uh, okay, so. Um, that's awesome, you're right? You're able to
0: quit your job and, and basically do what you wanted to do, and now you're essentially free, and you can put all your focus onto these these niches and this this private label business that you've created. Uh, with that, right? At the time mm-hmm. when you started all this, and now, I'm curious, you know, how many hours a day do you work, and how does that function with having? Well, actually, do both of your your kids your 12 year old and your three are they both in the house
1: um uh, well my 12 year old goes to school um and my 12 year old um is from my first marriage so my 12 year old you know i see uh every week um but um she's in school during the day anyway uh, my three-year-old goes to um a nursery um so i actually my wife drops her off in the morning my wife uh works and, uh, I pick her up, um, I pick her up at five o'clock around between four thirty and five, I pick her up, um, from school. Um, so during the day it's just me.
0: Okay. So that's still, that's still a big handful, right? Um, <laughs> yes. So, okay. Now with that going on and how many hours a day would you say you work on average? You know, do you work the weekends?
1: Um, so I do sometimes work on the weekends. Um, usually more if I'm doing work, usually more like on a Saturday, then on a, on a Sunday. Um, but I do, you know, I do, if I'm home kind of sitting on my laptop, um, I will, I will do some work during, during the week as far as how much time I'm working. Um, if I had to estimate, I would say, I would say I work on the business anywhere between, between my Amazon business and my, you know, sort of training business, probably somewhere between six to eight hours a day. Um, is, is, how, is how much I'm working. It's it's like, I could be working for a couple hours, then not working. That, you know, like, it could be, like, for example, it could be that, um, you know, I'm eating dinner with my family, my three-year-old goes to bed, and, you know, then I'll sit, hang out with my wife, and, you know, maybe uh, from 10 to 12, I might do some work, for example. Um, I usually, I'm not. Um, although I'd like to be more of it, I'm not a super, I'm more of a night owl than a early morning person. So I might start my day at 10. I might start working like 10, 11 o'clock. Um, and sometimes end working at, you know, between 12 and two, but I'm not working all the hours necessarily in between. I'm, you know, picking up my daughter from school, um, having, you know, dinner with my family, um, you know, and then, you know, and then there's sort of the working, not working. Like I, watch a lot of training stuff, you know, to learn. And so I don't know what you consider that, but, um, I mean, none of it is really hard, hard work. I would say
0: (laughs) later on. I, I, that's, that's a lifestyle that a lot of people find appealing. A lot of people are attracted to that. The concept of being able to, well, to have that freedom. It's, it's what it is. It's freedom. You have, you have freedom to make your own schedule.
1: Yeah. And you have to be, you know, you have to be, you have to have a lot of gratitude, you know, to be, to, to uh, To realize, you know, that you're lucky that you can, you know, the fact that I can go pick up my daughter, at, you know, 4:30 from school, um, you know, and see her every day, you know, picking her up and and you know, uh, just just having that ride, you know, every day from picking her up from school. To, to, it's about a 15 minute ride, so I put her music on and she's singing stuff and telling me what, some stuff about what happened in school, etc. So like just to have that, I know I'll look back one day and say, hey, I was really lucky to be able to to do that and not be in an office until you know seven o'clock at night so definitely definitely have a lot of uh gratitude for you know um having the ability to to have that lifestyle yeah
0: yeah gratitude that's that's certainly um that's certainly something very real i don't think luck is a really big part of it i think you kind of created your own opportunity there
1: No, I think it's something that you that you strive towards. But you know, at the same time, you know, if uh, somebody's listening to this podcast and they say, "Man, I wish I had that kind of freedom," my 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 job sucks. I mean, you should also have gratitude that you have a job, right? (laughs) That you have an income, right? So, I think I think you know, like you should look at uh, you should look at what you have and be have gratitude for it, and then kind of focus on what you want and uh, take the steps that you need to take in order to move to move towards that outcome.
0: Beautiful insight. No? Well, well said. Well said. Um, have you started talking to your children? Probably more your twelve-year-old than your three-year-old. But have you started talking to uh, to them about you know what you do and entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and you know kind of creating your own lifestyle, that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's interesting because um, yeah, i was spoken to my my uh, my twelve-year-old about it, and actually, I do a little bit, just a little bit with uh, merch. I, I started recently. And um, I told my, I was having a conversation with my daughter this weekend um, about it. And um, I said to her, if you have any ideas for shirts, you know, we can make them and you can, uh, you can tell your friends about it, you know? And she was like, oh, and I'd get a cut. <laughs> and I said, and I said, I said, you, you can have the dire profit, you know, if you, if you have an idea for a shirt and you tell your friend, you know, and like your friends like it and they want to buy it, you can get, you know. You can get you can get the full the full profits from it, you know. And um, she was like, "Wow, you know," she was kind of like realizing, like, "Oh, there's an opportunity to 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 make money." So I think she's starting to um, to realize. But like a few years ago, um, you know, she would say, "I was, probably when she was eight or 9 She'd say, "No, I don't uh I don't want to be in my uh in my pajamas at home, you know. <laughs> I want to have a I want to go to a place, you know, because she saw you know she saw me as just like." being in my pajamas at home <laughs> and not really um not really I think appreciating uh the, the you know the the fact that uh, I didn't have to you know get uh, have a dress code and go somewhere but um yeah I think she's starting to sort of see the the benefits of being an entrepreneur and uh, sort of the freedom that that it gives you Yeah,
0: no, that that's really cool and uh for so for the Amazon merch thing I just want to kind of cycle mm-hmm. back to that um, yep. you are an Amazon merch seller as well as an Amazon private label seller. So you've got that going on. So how, how many shirts do you have up on, on Amazon merch? And I, I guess how many sales? are you?
1: Yeah. So, so literally, so I had an account with merch, um, since they started, but I didn't do anything with it. Um, and then a couple of weeks ago, I actually just put up my f- like first set of shirts Okay. Um, so, I th- so I only have like about ten shirts. Did you right populate
0: now. the the full quote? I think it's twenty five, right?
1: Yeah. So I, so I have I have a, like ten shirts now. So I haven't fully populated it. I kind of wanted to see. Let me put up some shirts to see if I get some sales. Okay. And I was actually, I, I looked up a, few, a few days later, like after I loaded some shirts, I didn't see anything, and I was like thinking, like, ah, you know, like maybe I'll bail on this thing. And then and then I went back, and I saw I sold like seven shirts. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's some like additional extra money. So so I'll probably, you know, so I put up, uh, I'll probably, I have some ideas for some additional shirts. So I'll probably continue, you know, as long as I'm getting some, a little bit of sales, I'll continue to populate it. But it, it hasn't been, you know, I've generated like, I don't know, 60 to 70 bucks, like just starting now. So, um, but you know, if you, if like, I see the potential of adding, of adding more and having this sort of. Uh, additional additional income stream even if it's just a few hundred bucks a month or a couple you know hundred two hundred bucks a month if it's if it's very easy I have a I have a designer that um, is charging me like eight bucks a shirt so it's super cheap and so I just send her my ideas and she makes it for me so it's really like almost zero zero work for me just other than just generating some ideas.
0: So you don't okay, so you don't design anything yourself. Well just come up with the concepts, right? Send them over. Yeah.
1: I'm not uh I don't have those I don't have the the design skills. (laughs) Yeah. I mean learning a whole new set
0: of like Photoshop and Illustrator you know all those tools is that's
1: yeah it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean I kinda wish I was good in that area, but it's not something I've taken the time to to learn or I guess really want to. (laughs) But but I, I rather I rather um I rather uh, have somebody you know, have somebody do that for me. Yeah, and for eight so you said for so for like eight bucks a design,
0: that's pretty good. I've heard of people getting it as low as, as five, but I think more common is like the the ten,
1: the ten to twelve mm-hmm.
0: That
1: money back yes. and then some. Right. And the interesting thing is that all my sales came from one shirt. Um, so it's kind of uh it's kind one of-
0: shirt. Every single shirt you sold was the same design
1: yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I've obviously hit on something uh, with that one shirt the others have not sold at all um, so it's interesting to see kind of like you know 80 20 rule this is like <laughs> 100 zero but you know that's probably I, I'm just, I don't know I don't know if that's if that's gonna play out long term or if that's how it is for you um, but so far that's how it's been for me yeah,
0: actually, I'm a, I'm an Amazon merch seller as well, and I put up all 25. I populated all 25 designs. I outsourced every single one, and I think I paid $10 to design, so $250 for all 25. And 15 of them, 15 of them saw zero sales in 60 days, and Amazon will... Mm, okay. The other 10 saw sales, but of those 10, one of them had at least eighty percent of the sales. It's, it's really interesting, you know. Uh-huh. And I, and I yeah. threw out yeah. um, def- uh, different niches, different designs, different approaches. You know, tar- trying to target uh, a very wide array of audiences, and I didn't know it was going to stick. And uh, so similar to you, right? So I just I had one right.
1: huge, you know, hot seller, and mm-hmm. nothing or like onesie, Z mm-hmm. Right, and the, this one seller is sort of a it's a time-based sort of thing so it's uh it's uh it, in a month or so i don't expect to get sales for that shirt okay, uh, okay. so uh, <laughs> but i but uh, you know at least i sort of uncovered one area that i think there's potential in and kind of the newer shirts that i've done i've sort of followed that same line so we'll see we'll see how those do yeah okay cool Oh, well,
0: that's that's awesome yeah so it's another income stream and doesn't take a ton of effort. And like you said, even if it's a few hundred bucks a month, you know, that's, that's gas, you know, whatever. That's you know, small little odds. Right. End, so that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, All the software that I pay for <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> tools, uh, has being an entrepreneur for however many years you've been at it now, um, several years, has that changed the way that I think you kind of touched on this a little bit, has it changed the way you approach raising your kids, and alternatively, has having kids affected the way that you are pursuing your entrepreneurial endeavors?
1: I mean, so as far as having kids, so I mean, definitely like sort of some of the product ideas I've had, um, I think were we're influenced by the fact that I have um, kids, just the things... That I see and do and have around me. Um, As far as um, have they influenced the way I run uh, my business? I mean, I think my my kids are a big driver of of why I want to be in business for for myself. You know, the ability to um, the ability to you know take off to go to you know a school event and just go. You know, or like sometimes I would go to a school event and it would be me. Like two other dads and all moms, <laughs> you know, because, because, you know, most dads can't necessarily go to like a school, you know, event like, at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning um, or so. So, you know, um, you know, I'm very thankful to be able to, to do that. And, you know, it's definitely a dri- driving force for, you know, working for myself versus, you know, working, working for for somebody else.
0: Uh, would you say that your family is kind of your main why for doing everything that you do?
1: Um, yeah, you know, um, I think uh, financial security uh, is definitely, you know, definitely a big a big why. You know, to, to be the main income earner, you know, my family, and um, especially, you know, living in New York, the cost of living is. Uh, you know, quite high and higher than, than, you know, a lot of other places in in the country. So, um, yeah, definitely my my driving force, you know, I think is um, my family to be able to, you know, to uh, to be able to provide a good uh, lifestyle for for my family, to be able to provide financial security. Um, And then, you know, my other whys are to, um, you know, our like contribution, you know, to be able to put something out into the world that provides value that gives me fulfillment that um, you know, that, that gives me excitement and reason to, to wake up in the morning. Um, You know, I've been sort of working on my uh, launching a website and you know, that right now that's uh, you asked me in the beginning what I'm excited about right now. That's kind of like a driving force for me. um, A level of excitement about something, something new and generating outside traffic away from Amazon. You know, one of the, one of the biggest sort of, um, Fear that I would say every Amazon seller probably has is getting especially if Amazon's your main source of incomes getting suspended or blocking a (laughs) listing all these things that you need that you kind of go through as an Amazon seller and so one of the biggest driving forces behind building something off of Amazon has been that fear right I mean they say fear and greed are the the biggest the biggest things that you know the biggest things that drive human behavior so um, you know the I would say the security, family security, you know, comes from a, comes from a, making you know, making sure your family's okay, and uh, and also making sure like, um, be, not putting them in a position where they're not okay, um, and sort of the same with being off of Amazon is sort of that level of sec- you know just another level of security, uh, where if things were to go south, let's say on one channel, you have you're building something, you know, another channel, so the training business is sort of another another aspect of that that um you know is uh, just another income stream that's also not directly tied to my amazon account so um you know i feel like those are the those are the drivers of you know sort of the steps i'm taking in my in my business
0: okay yeah so that's really cool so you have you have this uh this financial security kind of driver which in a roundabout way you know is is, is really all about taking care of your family and leading by example so what you're what I when I see when I see you I see Leron, right? you're building all these brands you're doing all this stuff it's talking to your your daughter about it and you know you're you're building all that up It, it almost looks like you're leading by example and she's picking up on that and you know whether or not it's totally clear that she's receptive to it at this age um, you know, it's all sinking in. <laughs> so, right. and, um, you know, that, that, that's really cool. That's really cool. So you know, you're know, you kind of demonstrating for, it. and you said before earlier that, you know, a few years ago, um, she kind of saw you, you know, maybe not getting up and, 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 you know, dressing up in a suit or something and going off mm-hmm. to an office, um, as, as maybe not being a sign of prestige, you know, but <laughs> as she gets older, um uh, right. you know, maybe she's seeing the value in what you do. And, and in some ways, you know, in many ways, particularly, uh, Potentially having a, a greater impact than that guy, you know, or that woman who gets up and, and you know, gets in the shower at five thirty in the morning and, and puts on that suit and goes and drives an hour into the city to to do whatever. Right. So, so that that's that's really cool. It's an interesting response and and kind of refreshing to hear. You know, you have multi multi faceted kind of response to that. Mm-hmm. So, you, you did mention your training business. Um, can you just explain a little bit more about that?
1: Uh, sure, yeah, so um, so actually, so when I started with private label, I started by taking um, Andy Slamans, who is another successful private label seller. I took his uh, course um, and I ended up uh, meeting him at a conference uh, a little over a year ago and kind of networking with him and we actually um have launched a couple of products together uh, more than just more than just a couple actually we have a new niche that we're um, that's going to be like seasonal for the summer that we that we, we just got products into Amazon now, um, that we're doing together with uh, him and his, uh, nephew, uh, Nate Slamans. And they already had a, like an audience and a private level course. Um, and so I started networking with, with Andy and kind of sharing with him things that I was learning. Um, and last year he asked me to, if I could help him at a private label retreat he was doing in in uh, in Colorado, um, and since then um, he's asked me to partner with him on his uh, private label course. So I created a sponsored ads course along with his private label course and helped him um, update the course for some of the Amazon changes. And so um, uh, I now partner with him and his nephew on that uh, on that course. So um, so it's called the Amazing Freedom uh, private label course. And, um, he has a Facebook group that he's now made me an admin. So it's essentially his audience that he's built up, but in the last, uh, in the last year, you know, I've kind of, uh, helped him with it. And so partnered with him on, um, you know, on the, on the, on the training. Um, and from time to time, I've done some coaching, um, when people have come to me like one-on-one in terms of, um, you know, help with, uh, with their Amazon, uh, private label, uh, private label business. Oh man, that's, that's, that's really cool.
0: Um, yeah, I gotta say, you know, your, 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 story and everything is, is very, very, very inspiring. Um, I, I don't have a good concept though of how long you've been at this. How many years have you, I guess, how long ago did you quit your job? And relative to that, when did you start private labeling? Um,
1: yeah, so I started selling on Amazon at the end of 2014. Um, and 2015 um i was uh 2015 is when i quit my job sometime in the, like around the middle of the year like um april may um is when i kind of outsourced my whole insurance business um, and went full-time with amazon um and then towards the end of 2015 i'm thinking um Towards the end of 2015 is when um, I started um, kind of transitioning my business from arbitrage to a private label business. And so last year, my entire focus was, you know, just private label. So, you know, I had the the benefit of how I got started with Amazon. And actually, before Amazon, I took um, – so my, my – my, the reason why I sort of got into this in the first place is that in 2008 i was involved in a multi-level marketing company um and in it was kind of a small company and uh, in order to really market it they didn't have a lot of tools for you or anything and so i actually built a, a somebody build a website for me and i became the number one um enroller of other people in that company eventually they went out of business but um you know even though i probably wouldn't do network marketing again it really taught me a lot of skills in terms of internet marketing and kind of brought that into my life and personal development and and just personal growth and so when so that was kind of always a hobby of mine and then i started my online life insurance business but i still always loved learning about things online so i actually took an e-commerce Dropshipping course and before I did Amazon. I set up a Shopify store. That was like a drop shipping um, I had wholesale companies sending the product directly to the customer um, And then it's when I kind of learned about Amazon FBA and started out with arbitrage um, And eventually learned about private label so last year um, I guess the end of 2015 middle to the end of 2015 is when I Really started focusing on private label and last year was like full year of just just focusing on private label and really just focusing on on Amazon Um, and then, you know, I would say this year is really a focus of building out niches on Amazon and then also going off of Amazon. Okay. So really, so only about two years. Yeah, pretty much the end of 2014 is when, when I started the, the benefit for me is that when I got, got, when I got into the idea of private labeling, I already knew a lot about Amazon in terms of like sales rank and, you know, a lot of the a lot of things that you kind of want to know when you're starting out on Amazon because I had that arbitrage sort of experience um, I also knew different areas where products sold well and not sold well and etc just because of that um, experience but really yeah and a little you know about two and a half years just in terms of selling on Amazon in total
0: wow that's that's really really inspiring it really is uh, you've come a long way uh, from from you know basically zero sales to seven figures and I am assuming that 2017 is going to be some kind of growth beyond what you did in 2016 or at least you're projecting that right?
1: Yeah, yeah so um, so 2017 uh, I mean my goal is to so I, so I did just over seven figures last year my goal is to try to do uh, maybe about two million plus this year on on Amazon but at the same time, Building off Amazon sales, so uh, I kind of have no clue in terms of what I'm going to do <laughs> off of Amazon because it's a totally different, uh, totally different uh, animal. But I do have somebody that is uh, consultant that's helping me in terms of like uh, start out uh, an ad campaign off of Amazon and uh, like Facebook, Instagram, Google AdWords, and build up traffic. So I, I expect I'll get sales, but I, I really have no idea what I'm what the what I'm going to do this year off of Amazon. Um, I also um, you know, I would also raise my projection for on Amazon uh, this year, but um, you know, I, I uh, this was really the first Q4, and I, I don't think you can accurately sort of predict sales for Q4. But the first Q4, I was really all into private label, and I went out of stock on several products, and I am just now getting back in stock on those products. So I really, I really um, lost, um, I really lost sales, like my sales you know, for January, or February are good, but they could have been much better, uh, just cause I went out of stock. And then you had production time, um, shipping by boat. Um, I have another product that I was supposed to get, but they didn't finish production. So they had to wait till Chinese new year in February to finish production. So that product is not, and that's, a, um, that's actually the expansion of that line that I had in mind. So that's coming, um, you know, that'll be here like April. Um, so, you know, I sort of had, I sort of, um, you know, one of the one of the downsides potentially a private label is that if you have a very successful product or just if you if you don't predict your sales velocity, that's going to happen. And with Q4, it's very difficult, I feel like, to predict because Amazon does better and better every year. So even if you sold you know, a similar amount the previous year, you're probably going to sell more uh, you know, the following year. So it's just uh, it's just something that's hard to predict. Um, and so I was out of stock. I'm out of stock. i still on several products. I'm so just getting to Amazon now.
0: Yeah, no, it's a very real problem. Um, but yeah, I, I have no doubt in my mind, Leran, that, um, that brands and your, you know, your three brands, potentially your fourth one, training, your retreats, and your huge network that you continue to build and all the opportunities that keep coming your way, even this merch opportunity that you're involved in now. Between all that, the 2017 isn't. I have no doubt in my mind that that's not gonna that that's gonna be your your best year, you know, to date. So that's that's awesome. I, I have the utmost confidence in that.
1: So Thank you. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, you know, if I if I did what I did last year, you know, I would say it's still it's still a good year. But obviously, you know, you're shooting for you're shooting for growth. Uh, I think in any business, you want to be growing for sure, um, and not sort of being stagnant or or moving backwards. Right. Uh,
0: listen, I just have one more question, um, yep. and it, this is a question specifically for the audience. So, yep. um, I want you for for a minute, right? I just want you to picture yourself standing at a, a podium, right, in front of a like a function hall, a function room, uh-huh. the audience that you're looking out to is a room full of parents, and specifically parents, and these are people that are strapped by the schedule, money, energy. All, all the things that come with the family dynamic while trying to work. Mm-hmm. But these people all have the same entrepreneurial passion. They mm-hmm. want to turn their vision into a reality, but they, they just don't think it's possible given all those things I just mentioned. So you're standing right. up there, they're all staring at you.
1: What would you tell them? So what I would tell them is a few things. So, so the first, the first big challenge is that you're – you're not going to achieve anything you don't think is possible. So you need to change your mindset. You need to to know that a lot of people were in your position, uh, sitting where you are, just like you, and also thought it wasn't possible. Yet they still were able to uh, achieve success and uh, you know uh, escape escape their their job and and uh, you know build a business and and do it. So, but. You know if you don't change your mindset and if you don't truly believe that it's possible then it's gonna be hard to to do it so I think the first thing is uh, you need to change your mindset and then the second thing I would tell you even if you're not gonna change your mindset um, is you need to just Just, get started you need to just just do it just take some just you know take some action steps Um, you know write down a list of what your goals are and and write down what are the first, you know, five to ten action steps that you need to to do in, in order to at least get started with it. Because you know, I think taking the first step is is probably always the the hardest step. So, um, you know, if that first step is setting up your your Amazon account and researching products, or setting up your Amazon account and you know taking uh, uh, some kind of training or listening to podcasts for you know that are free that are out there or YouTube videos for you know, for a couple weeks before you get started and getting some, you know, some understanding of Amazon, just researching and spending some time online yet setting a deadline for when you're actually going to take real action and, you know, and source a product. Um, But I think the biggest things you need to do are, um, you know, change your mindset and then take massive action at whatever level you can. But if you just continue to sit there thinking it's not possible to take no action, obviously you're going, you're going to be a great predictor of your future. Uh, So, um, you know, I think, I think, it really comes down to um you know, believing. Um, you know, some people say that seeing is believing, but you know, I think um, you know, believing first uh equals seeing, you know, after.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, no, I I love that. Change your mindset, right? And take action. And that's something that people yeah. definitely, definitely don't do enough. They listen, they consume, they think, they talk, <laughs> but they just don't take that action. That's-
1: Right. Especially with private label, because the hardest part is that first step of, of product selection. And that's where many people get into a paralysis. And, you know, especially with especially pulling the trigger on, you know, placing, you know, a thousand or three thousand or five thousand dollars order uh, from China, you know, from you, you know, you have all these questions of whether it's legit or a scam. And, you know, uh, is my product going to be successful? And you have all those questions that your mind is, you know, throwing at you to, to hold you back but you need to really uh, you need to fight through it and you know having a support I know you mentioned you're in um, you know you're in some communities um, I don't know whether or not you you talk about it here but you know you're in some some communities with other uh, with other Amazon sellers and I think that's uh, you know there's a million different groups on Facebook and just online and areas where you can uh, talk and meet other sellers that are doing it successfully and so that is something that can you know inspire you, uh, you as well. But really, having the right mindset, I think, is the first step for for success in 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 any area.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yep, putting the right people around you to kind of stretch you and, and grow you—it's that's absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, so, listen, uh, Leroy, that's going to wrap it up. Um, I I love your story. I, I think it's great. You are such an inspiring person, and um, I loved listening to to. The, the entire tale right from beginning to end. Um, how can people reach out to you, and I'm sure they're going to want to, uh, to find out more about your um, Amazon training, the retreats, uh, the groups that you're an admin sure. for, and, and, and everything else that you're up to.
1: Sure. So uh, so you can you can find me on on Facebook, and you can just uh, PM me, uh, Leoron Hirschhorn, on on Facebook if you just want to um, say hi or, or reach out or send me a friend request. Um, as far as Amazon, uh, so we have a group on Amazon called the Amazing Freedom Amazon Sellers Group and uh, also a uh, amazingfreedom.com um, website. Uh, we will probably in the next uh, – our, our private label course is closed right now, but we're going to have a free course available probably in the next uh, couple of weeks uh, available. Um, and we do have a retreat that's coming up in, um, in May. Um, And that's at amazingfreedom.com forward slash retreat. Um, It's going to be a small, small group, uh, about maybe 12 to 15 people. I think we have four spots left uh, right now for that, uh, for that retreat. Yep.
0: Awesome. So uh, Leron, once again, Thank you so much for joining us and uh, all the information that you just shared, I'm going to include in the show notes. So for anyone who's listening, who wants to kind of get a recap of that, you can just go to the show notes and link right to all of those things. And uh, just one more time, Liron, thank you so much for your time. This is the longest interview we've done and I didn't want to cut it short because you just were full of amazing information. That I think a lot of people are going to get a tremendous amount of value out of. So thank you so much for that.
1: Thank you, and I really appreciate you uh, you having me on and uh, being able to, uh, to share with your audience.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to connect later on, and I want to find out how your 2017 year went and just by how much you crushed your 2016 goals. Thank you. All right. Take care, Leron. Have a good one. The big takeaway here, I think, for most people, and if you didn't get this, then I encourage you to go back and listen to it, is that Leron was highly successful in creating niches around things like women's fashion, fashion accessories and the home kitchen and bar style accessories and those aren't necessarily things that he's deeply passionate or or you know like excited about they are they are areas where he saw the opportunity to make money and the opportunity to fill a need. And he went out and he did that. And now he he's interested in it because it's something that he's devoted some time to, and he's built something around, but he's very interested in coaching and helping people and, and mentoring and trying to get people to kind of open up and go after things that they're interested in. And he does that through the, the, retreats and the coaching that he provides and the amazing freedom website and the amazing freedom sellers group, you know, those are the things that get him excited and having the funding that comes in from his, his FBA brands allows him and enables him to do those things. And that's a very common story. That's a very common tale. I interview a lot of people for this podcast. I've talked to a lot of millionaires. And I make a point to interview a lot of parents. In fact, every interviewee up to this point has been a parent. And a lot of them have been millionaires in addition to that, which is pretty cool. And one of the things that comes up a lot, and uh, it may not come up in the interview per se, but in the the pre-interview discussion, the post-interview discussion, when I'm getting to know these people... A lot of times it'll come up that you know they went after something that they saw a, a hole in the marketplace and they went in to fill it, basically, in order to create a funding stream and fulfill the need of the market, create a funding stream from it, use that funding to then uh, enable them to go down another path so they can keep that funding stream going. It's kind of like an evergreen thing while going after something that they're very passionate about. That's a very common thing for a lot of entrepreneurs, and it's a very healthy thing, actually. And I think that if you're just starting out, you don't need to go into something that you're necessarily deeply passionate about. You can have that plan in place, but if you have a funding stream opportunity that's around something that maybe you know, you're just kind of interested in but not really passionate about... That is okay and that is actually a really great place to start is to go after that and then use the rewards that you get from putting effort and energy into that with, you know, with that, that funding stream that you get and then channel that into your, your passion and the things that you're really deeply interested in and build that using the, the funds and all the, the benefits that you get from, from that first kind of evergreen um, system that you've built. So, anyway, go back and listen to this again if you need to. Take some notes. Leron is an excellent resource. If you need to reach out to him, you can do so by going to any of the links in the show notes. I encourage you to check that out. And also, if you got any value out of this whatsoever, if you think Leron is an interesting person, not only should you establish contact with him and uh, maybe check out some of the services he offers, but please share this podcast with somebody you know in your life. They don't have to be a parent. But share this with someone who you think might get value out of it. This interview I thought was really interesting. I think it kind of opens up uh, the door to a lot of questions, answers to a lot of questions that people might have about product selection and niches and how do you know and how do you find ideas. and uh, A lot of people ask me that question, how do you find a product? And I'm not really a product discovery expert and I have my own products that I sell and I have talk to people about products that they could sell. But Leron is an excellent person to bounce ideas off of. And he offers a lot of really cool services, none of which I get commissions for, by the way. There's no royalties here. I'm just saying. Um, But share this with someone and have them listen to the interview. And if they're stuck, maybe this can help them. And that's the whole point. We're trying to help people. So check it out. Share it with somebody. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And I will catch you in the next episode.